Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Welcome. Uh, I just want to uh, just extend this welcome on this Independence Day weekend. Did everybody have a good fourth? Yep, yep. All right. Well, um, you know, I, I will tell you this, that um, in, in light of this, all this happened in 2020, I think it's given me even a greater depth of appreciation uh, for the, the freedoms that we have uh, in our country. I know it's kind of easy. I mean, we're born into it and all that, but wow, uh, the freedoms that, that, that we have in the United States of America. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's also a little bit concerning that, um, you know, with, with all that's going on, uh, and the, um, just the unrest I was reading, uh, just this last week that the, uh, American psychological association, uh, said that, uh, more than 70% of those uh, Americans said that uh, this is the lowest point in the U.S. history that they can remember. Um, and also that uh, the Gallup poll uh, said that uh, only 21% of Americans say that they are very proud to be an American. And it's the lowest point that it has ever been uh, since the Gallup poll. Um, so yes, there is a lot of confusion, a lot of unrest. And, and I think that's even more reason that, that God is calling us as the church, uh, followers of his, uh, to take the freedom that we have, uh, and to embrace it in a way and to pray for, uh, the unity of our nation so that God's glory can just be revealed. Um, but anyway, uh, so my prayer is, is that uh, we would all just um, uh, relish uh, the freedom that God has given us and not only in our country, but more importantly, that we would uh, truly understand the freedom that we have uh, in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're celebrating today. So again, I want to welcome everyone. So glad that you're here, our Zoom family. I love seeing those, uh, those good looking faces out there and um, also our Facebook family. Uh, again, it's quite a unique experience as we now are like uh, uh, one third of the year in this virtual worship uh, and uh, having uh, to deal with this. And yet it also has provided us the opportunity of being able to worship together uh, with people from all over Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Texas, uh, state of Washington, by the way, we know that the, there's a big birthday celebration going on in Washington today. Uh, happy birthday, Phil. Hot up. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, I saw Kim uh, in the UK uh, joining us, too. So, again, what a unique uh, privilege and opportunity for us to, to be able to be together and to, to share and celebrate uh, the love of Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us. So uh, uh, I want you to get a pad of paper 
Mm-hmm. Just get your sheet. Don't don't come into this empty handed. Don't be hearers only, but we need to be doers of God's word. By the way, Miss Fran, I want to let you know that I was you didn't know this, but I was on the phone yesterday. I had my little earbuds in. And so that's the reason I wasn't didn't just hunt you down. I saw her uh, at Aldi's yesterday. We were picking up some essentials, uh, but love and hugs. I, I wish I'd have I'd been able to talk to you some more. Um also, just uh, get that pen, pen and piece of paper because I'm going to give you a lot of verses today. They're not going to plop up on your screen for Zoom uh, listeners, and they never do for you Facebook folks. I'm sorry about that. Um, but uh, we're going to continue today in uh, the book of Romans, chapter 12. I know we've been there for quite a while, but uh, we're going to hang in there and uh, continue to look to uh, see how God would just have us live each and every day. Uh, but uh, before we do that, I just want to uh, just open with a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll look to God's word together. Father God, we just come before you today. Uh, we thank you so much for your amazing grace, for your mercy. We thank you, Jesus, that we're not just celebrating a historical Jesus, but a living Lord. And that you are with us through the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. And your promise for those of us who have entrusted you, who have surrendered before you, our our lives and our very existence, is that you would never leave nor forsake us. I just pray that you'd wrap your loving arms around every individual today. Because, Lord, we're coming from different experiences this past week. Some, it's been just delightful. For others, it's been drudgery. Uh, For some, maybe there's been disappointments um, and there's frustration. But, Lord, you uh, meet our every need and you promise that uh, to be with us and to care for us. You invite us to cast our cares on you. So I pray that for all of us today that we would just come and cast our cares on you and that you would be um, glorified even in your ministry to us. Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts to the truth of your word, to your wonderful promises to us. And I pray that as a result of today that, Lord, that we would be different, that we would be changed, all for your glory and all for our benefit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. All right. Today, uh, the, the title of the message is Loving uh, I mean, lavish giving and loving people. And uh, we're going to pick up today with verse 13, just one verse. That sounds easy, right? Just one. All we got to do is just master this one verse and we're going to have it made in the shade, drinking lemonade. All right. I don't know where that came from. All right. Um, but quite honestly, as I was looking at this one verse, and matter, I, I was hoping to do more than this. But it just locked me down because as I was looking at this verse out of Romans chapter 12, verse 13, and we'll show it to you in a minute for your Zoom, but hold on, Steve, on that. Uh, Boy, it just became very, very apparent that, wow, that all that we've been talking about as far as what it takes to really change is absolutely essential. This will not happen. This will not happen unless we experience that transformational uh, power and work of God in our lives until we bend our knee 
uh, before God and just surrender our lives to him and experience true freedom. And uh, that true freedom comes truly as we uh, give all to God. So, you know, Paul began in Romans uh, 12, verse one with, you know, so how should we live uh, uh, when we know and we feel the mercy of God? You know, and that's what Paul says. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And uh, he said, in light of all of God's mercies, you know, on account of uh, understanding uh, that uh, Christ's deity, his death, his resurrection, the reign of Christ, his intercession for us, how the Holy Spirit has been poured into our hearts. Uh, all this stuff that he's been talking about in Romans and about how we are justified with God by faith alone, how we're counted righteous because of Jesus' obedience and uh, how our sovereign God governs the universe in such a way that he works all things together for our good, and he'll ne never let anything separate us from God on the love of Christ. He said, because of all of this, all of this good stuff, I want you to live like this. And then he talks about that in, in, in Romans 12. And uh, really, it's, it's coming to a place to where we live with that reality, you know, not just a, a religion, but a relationship with God the Father. And that relationship comes whenever we have at some point in our life that we have realized, like Paul, our wretchedness, that we are, are wretched. And that's what that's what he says. You know, um, you know, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So in other words, we come to that place to where we go. Ooh, I am broken. So we are broken and we'll never embrace Jesus until we're broken because of the, the sin that is in us. But uh, we come to understand that uh, in coming to Jesus Christ, uh, that God is for us and not against us. Do you know that? Do you know that God is for you, that he's not just waiting up there to just pound on you? He's for you. He's for me, not against us. We experience that. We know that within the, the depths of our being uh, whenever we surrender our lives uh, to God. And so uh, we, we see that, you know, neither tribulation nor distress nor persecution nor famine nor nakedness nor danger nor sword can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ and that we enjoy that forever and ever. So now we come to this verse in verse 13, and here's what Paul says, uh, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version. He says, contribute to the needs of God's people and pursue the practice of hospitality. What? All right. Contribute to the needs of God's people and pursue the practice of hospitality. Now, the question is, how in the world did I just get hung up on that one verse? Um, well, I think that as we look at Scripture, we see that one of the great issues of life facing believers, followers of Jesus Christ in every age, especially uh, in times and places of great prosperity, like we experience, no, no matter, no, <laughs> doesn't matter what we're experiencing right now and the struggles that we're experiencing in our economy and the uncertainty and all. Oh, no, we are prosperous. 
But one of the great issues facing followers of Jesus Christ in every age is how we think and feel and handle our possessions and handle our money. Uh, for Jesus, this was huge. Uh, and, you know, we just go, you know, we see it as one aspect. But for Jesus, this was huge. He spoke about it over and over. He gave promises and warnings and commands. Uh, he rebuked people uh, bent on building bigger and bigger barns for the sake of their ease. He told stories. He told parables. Uh, by hoarding possessions, he said that we can perish. And by giving them that we can lay up treasures in heaven. How we handle money and possessions is the barometer of how we trust God and treasure Christ. All right, there it is. How we handle our money, he says, and possessions is the barometer of how we trust God and treasure Christ. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart shall be also. So it's in this verse that Paul is saying, I want you to contribute to the needs of God's people. And I want you to pursue, seek, practice hospitality. Uh, and so it's here that, we, that he is saying that in a world bent on getting, in a world bent on getting, the Christian is bent on giving. That, 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 should, that just should be our uh, very nature uh, because that's the nature of God. That's the nature of Christ. And so he gets really specific how we use our money and our possession to give to the needs of others, um, to bring people into uh, our homes. And that's kind of a weird deal. Uh, but he is saying that this is the way of Christ. Um, during uh, the times of uh, Christianity, when Paul is talking about that, that was a very dangerous thing. Is a subversive practice. It still is in some places today uh, where you could be persecuted for that. Uh, but this is the way that people live and, and know and feel uh, but moment by moment that, that sheer joy, uh, undeserved, lavish mercy of God sustains us and brings people into our lives uh, as we acknowledge God's grace and God's goodness to us, contribute to the needs of God's people, pursue the practice of hospitality. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to think about this together and pray just right now. Just say, Lord, open my heart, open my mind, because it's here that as I was studying this, that I was absolutely certain that I had to go back to the second law of change. Y'all remember the second law of change? I must change my model. You know, as I was digging into this, I realized just how much my model for my possessions and even my hospitality is governed by this world, governed by my culture. Uh, but here again, Lord, Help me to change my model because you are my sovereign model. You are my, not only my savior, you're my Lord. And so I'm looking to you as my model in this. So we're going to answer uh, a few questions. Is this really a big deal in the Bible? Is this really a big deal for God? Number two, um, what stands in the way of you and me doing better at giving and, and showing hospitality? Number three, uh, 
how can we break free uh, so that we really experience the joy of generosity and hospitality? What can we do to break free in order for us to look more like Jesus in this aspect of our life? And then four, what, what are the rewards? What are the rewards of doing this? Uh, so y'all ready to go? Now, here's where you're going to need your pencil. Here's where you need your pen to write down these verses. Because in order for us to answer this, we need to change our model. We need to look to God. We need to look to his word that is living and active. And so here we go. Is it crucial? Is this a big deal uh, in the Bible? And I'm going to give you just a few samples of what the, the, the word says in the New Testament. Uh, first, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Here's what Jesus says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where <clears throat> thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he says, don't you, don't you be laying up for all these treasures. Follower of mine, don't you be doing this. And so we go, okay, that's all relative. But he answers that. How, how, do, we, how do we not lay up treasures in heaven? This is his answer in Luke chapter 12, verse 33, when he was talking on that same subject. He says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. And I, I start cringing right there. I'm going, wait, 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 wait. Now, let God speak to my heart. Let God speak to your heart. Uh, he says, don't, don't lay up these treasures here. Uh, I was riding uh, around with uh, my daughter, who I think she's skipping church today. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think she's heading with her fiance back to Augusta. And um, Luke was with us, and we were driving through Roswell, and, and he was going, oh, my goodness. Uh, and oh, I tell you who else, Scarlett. Uh, Scarlett was with us. We, we were coming back from a Grady time. Got to go to Grady. Uh, and uh, Scarlett was with us. And we were riding by some of these humongous houses. And, and she was just going, and she's been in Turkey, you know, for the last uh, year, going, oh my goodness, I don't know what people can do. And I was going, yeah, probably that house right there probably takes $1,000 a month to, to, to even clean it, just, you know, just to clean it. Um, but, um, so, you know, we live with such abundance and, and, and uh, so much. But the early church caught on to this, uh, what, what Jesus had said. And we see in Acts, okay, here's another one. Write this down, Acts 4, 34. Uh, and they began to understand that what they have is not really theirs, but all they have is, is God's, and they're just stewards of that. And so it says in Acts 4, 34, there was not a needy person among them, for as many were uh, as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed as each had need. You know, and that's that's how Romans chapter twelve verse thirteen happened at the beginning. Um, and Paul taught all the churches this. And, and the, the, the church at Corinth, he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. He says, each one must give as he has made up his mind, <clears throat> not reluctantly or under compulsion, 
for God loves a cheerful giver. To the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, he said this, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. He didn't even say, hey, you stop stealing work so that you can have something for yourself. And no, he said, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. In, in other words, the whole orientation of the Christian is not to work to have, but to work to give. Author Randy Acorn said this uh, in his book, The Treasure Principle. <clears throat> he says, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. What? Well, that's a little bit convicting. God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. So a question is, Lord, as you have blessed me, and, and I've been encouraging all of us to, to make this our prayer throughout this time, <clears throat> you know, Psalm 67, uh, God bless us and be gracious to us. Make your face shine upon us. Why? So that your ways be, may be known on earth, so that your salvation among the nations. Um, wow. So we need to seek God's heart on this and, and remember what model we're looking to. Paul says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So a lot of glory, God's glory is at stake. <clears throat> and, and quite honestly, as what, and, and what I believe that we all believe is that what is going on in America right now today, <clears throat> Jesus is the answer. When God's glory is revealed, when people can see very tangibly the glory and the power of God and, and the change that it makes in our hearts, wow, there can be peace on earth. Um, all right, so uh, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but, but to raise my standard of giving. So Paul continued to just talk about, you know, that this is a process that is to be intentional, methodical, and disciplined, not, not just spontaneous or impulsive. You know, we've had all those, had those moments to where, you know, we see somebody in need, and uh, you know, we may pass them in the street and, you know, spontaneously give to them. Okay, that's good. But he's saying, no, 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 this needs to be methodical. That's what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. He says, <clears throat> now concerning the collection for the saints, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. So Paul is talking about a very regimented, a very disciplined practice in our life as we see it in the life of Jesus. So that's talking about giving. Now, what about hospitality? And, and this gets a little funky. Now, some of us are pretty good with this because some of you have the gift of hospitality. Uh, and, you know, the more the merrier. <clears throat> and that's kind of the D's household. I think we've got the D's, I mean, the, the gift of hospitality. You know, we just love having folks over. Some of you, not not all of you. There's 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 some of you. I'm not sure about. I'm just kidding. I'm not, you know we you know we, it, it's just kind of part of our DNA. But that's part of our DNA as the body of Christ. And so you know when we see 
Jesus talking to his followers, his disciples in, in Matthew chapter 10, verses nine and through 11, he, he is telling them, you know, don't worry about no gold or silver or copper or belts or, you know, a bag, you know, that you take with you. Don't take extra sandals or anything else for the laborer deserves his food and his provision. And he says, in whatever town or village that you enter, <clears throat> find out who is worthy and, it, and stay there until you depart. So what he's saying is that hospitality is a big part of God's kingdom and what he does. And then uh, uh, to underline the glory of hospitality, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He says, whoever receives you receives me and whoever receives me receives him who has sent me. Hospitality for Christ's sake, he's saying, welcomes God. So it's really not surprising that Jesus would make hospitality one of the things that, that Christ counts at the judgment day as evidence of our love for God. So here's what he says in Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 and 35. A lot of scriptures, right? Matthew chapter 25, 34 and 35. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. He's saying, you, you open your life to me. You open your resources to me. You, you, you open um, your home to me. You showed radical Christ-honoring hospitality. And then in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse uh, 2, he says, do not, do, not to, uh, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained what? Angels unawares. So it's not just saying, now now, it's, it's, now God's word is just starting to meddle. I mean, because we think about safety and all this kind of stuff, but uh, we, we need to be under the leadership and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in all this as, as we stand on the promises of God's word. Peter makes really, uh, uh, in, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses uh, 7 through 9, he makes hospitality a part of what is crucial in the last days. Listen to what he says. He says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the uh, sake of your prayers. Above all, above all, he said, when, when crunch time is here, he says, above all, Keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Wow. So the answer to the first question, is this important? Is lavish giving and loving people and showing hospitality important? Absolutely. It is, the near, it is very near and dear to the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if you've got the gift of hospitality or the gift of giving. He's saying, this is what I'm saying to my followers. So important. Now, what prevents us? You know, what, what prevents us from, from really uh, being generous and from being hospitable? You know, what stands in the way of us uh, being better at this? Uh, and there are four reasons I want to just share with us. It's not exhaustive, but four things. Number one, we're just oblivious. Well, I didn't know that was important. You know, uh, for whatever reason, just going, man, 
man, I got so many other things and responsibilities and all. I, I just didn't, you know, know that was important. And, you know, you've been living <clears throat> by the Old Testament, thou shalt not steal and you're not stealing. Uh, but then but then we, we, we see what the New Testament says. And, and we see that it says contribute to the needs of the saints, of God's people, of those in, that are in need. So now that we've heard this, we can't be oblivious anymore. Or as my precious wife says, are you oblivious? Are you, are, you know, okay, sorry about that. I had to throw that in. <clears throat> and spaghetti for Felicia is Pascetti. Yeah. Okay. Y'all, y'all know that y'all that we love. I love her. Sorry about that, Felicia. I'm glad I don't see you on the screen right now. All right. One reason we're just not generous uh, givers and, and very hospitable is we're just oblivious. We're just oblivious. Number two, careless, careless. Uh, maybe we kind of know, uh, we know, uh, this is what people who love Christ do but we've never really got around to, to planning uh, or being intentional about when and how much and where to give. It just kind of slides. It's, you know, it's, it's not a priority and we're just, we're just careless. And so God just it calls us to be intentional about this. So now don't be careless anymore. You know, Hey, and by the way, uh, there are so many of you, uh, that uh, as uh, as part of the uh, family of faith here at Cross Point, you know you're going. You're used to just you know bringing your tithes and offerings, you know, to the storehouse to the church, and just dropping it in the plate. Well, guess what? We haven't been able to do that for four months. You know what? Some of you did have done. You've been very intentional. You you've get you either mailing a check, or you have been uh, getting online on now <clears throat> online resources, and and you've been and you you didn't just do it, you know, because you were at church. You did it because this is a pattern, because you're not looking to your your pattern. You're looking to Christ's pattern. So I just want to say thank you, and God has bl- continued to bless us and allow us to do even more ministry uh, in these days of this pandemic and this separation. So bless you. Now, if you've not been intentional, I want to invite you to do that. You know, just because you're not coming here doesn't mean that there's not a way for you to to be faithful in giving uh, as we care for people that give. Number three, greed. What prevents us greed? Uh, You knew we were going to get there, right? That's That's that desire to have more than what we need. The spirit of greed, here, the spirit of greed groans when it gives, it's like, mm, I, God, I'm going, I got to do it. That, that's what you want me to do. Uh, but it, and here's the spirit of greed thinks of all the things that I could buy if I didn't give. You know, if I didn't give, I wouldn't be driving around these raggedy cars. If I didn't give, if I just held back a little bit, and I, I'd be driving me a nice car that didn't smoke and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Listen, the alternative to greed is not discipline groaning. See, it's like, I'm going to groan. Just keep doing it. No, no, no. The alternative is a new heart. The joy of being freed from greed. Um, it's that experience 
of, of really believing and knowing that it is more blessed to give than to receive, as Acts 20, 35 says. So don't live in the bondage of greed anymore. Be free. Just declare it right now. God, you are my provider. Number four, what prevents us? Fear that we won't have what we need. Now, I will tell you this. For a lot of us, that is very practical. As a father of six, and I knew that there would be an expectation, you know, for them to go to college and all that. It's like, you know, a constant temptation of going, God, I want to give you as little as I can and still be okay. Because what if I don't have what we need when the time comes? Uh, fear focuses on the consequences of not having that. The answer to greed is the pleasure of Christ's presence. The answer to fear is the certainty of God's promise. The answer to fear, the certainty of God's promise. So that's the giving self. What about hospitality? Uh, what stands in the way of us being hospitable? Well, one is uh, we let Satan tell us some lies and say, well, you know, I just don't have that gift. I'm not hospitable. But he didn't say that for those that are uh, have the gift of this. He didn't say for those who have the gift of giving, give, and those who have the gift of hospitality, be hospital. No, that's not what he says. He says as his followers, uh, we need to do that. So there's a bunch of fears that get in the way, and, and, and a lot of them are uh, – you know, we just got to work through them. You know, the fear of, of being hospitable, of, of, of inviting people into our homes or our apartments or wherever that is, uh, is one to worry that, well, what if I can't? You know, what if they'd stay too long? You know, well, do what my mama used to do with my daddy. When people would come over and she was tired, she said, Ray, hey, let's go to bed so these folks can go home. Yeah, just say that. You know, uh, what if they stay, you know, we have all these kind of silly fears uh, or what, what would they think? Uh, they're going to judge. These people are going to judge my house. They're, they, they're going to think that, um, you know, I don't keep house very well. Uh, for those of you ladies that are, folks have been to our house, y'all seen the plaque right when you walk in our door. Martha Stewart does not live here. Mm hmm. Yeah, just go ahead and just go ahead and make it known right off the right off the top. <laughs> Don't come in here expect, expecting all these frills and fancies. What's more important, relationship or things? <clears throat> um, you know, you know. They, uh, what if they open up that closet door and see all this mess? Well, I did that when I first met my wife. I'm not going to go any further there, uh, Felicia, and and. Is that true or not? I'm looking at it. Okay, yeah. She had a, it was all clean. But then I have, I said, what's behind this door? Woo. Okay. All right. But you know what? Why would we let that get in the way of relationship and letting people experience the love of Jesus Christ? Uh, you know, uh, so, but Paul says right here, pursue, pursue, seek the practice of hospitality. That means it's got to be something that we practice and do. We get better at it as we do it. Um, 
And uh, we see that throughout the biblical times, and we see that today. We experienced that in our time in uh, Turkey, you know, how then that culture, there was this tremendous hospitality, you know, uh, and it just gives you an inroad to be able to do life together with folks. All right. So number three, number three, answering question number three, how do we break free in order to be lavish givers and to be hospitable people? The, the basic answer of breaking free is this. Jesus Christ died and rose again to make absolutely certain that for everyone that trusts him, the all-powerfully, all-owning God would lavishly, gen- was lavishly generous and lovingly hospitable, hospitable to us every day forever. We, we keep that in mind. It is a reminder that our amazing loving God will be lavishingly generous to us and lovingly hospitable to us every day of our lives and forever and forever. We just keep our minds on that model. Remember, change your model, focus on Jesus. Uh, And that's what Paul was talking about. He says, in light of all that God has done for you in verse one, you know, here's what I want you to do. Present your bodies. to God. And, and, and this is this is how we become generous and hospital. We enjoy and expect God's lavish help uh, in our lives every day, in our giving and our hospitality. Three key verses I want to share with you. Romans 8, 32 is the key. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him, graciously give us all things. There it is. Focus on that. He who did not spare his own son, God didn't even spare his own son, but gave him for us all. How will he not also graciously give us all things as his children? He's going to give us what he's going to give us what we need, not what we deserve. That's so amazing. Paul also says in Philippians 4, 19, one of our favorite verses that so many of us quote, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It's another one. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work because God promises to be your all sufficient, my all sufficient treasure. We can be generous and hospitable to other people. How do we break free? How do we, how do we, how do we break away from the pattern of this world? How do we break away from the American dream? Oh, that God has blessed us. Why? So that his ways may be known. God blesses us not to raise our standard of living, but our standard of giving. And we see that in these three verses. Write those down. Focus on those. Romans 8, 32. Philippians 4, 19. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Um, as, as a church body, we have seen God's faithfulness year after year. Uh, we've seen it uh, in the, the way that God has provided. And it's not always the way that we think he's going to provide. 
we come to the 11th hour and, and thinking that we were going to be, uh, uh, you know, deficient and yet God provides, you know, and, and we're just reminded that God is rarely early, but never late. He is always <clears throat> testing us in this. Uh, he is saying, I want you to trust me, not what you see. I want you to, I want you to rely on me. Go beyond ministry and giving and what you think you can do. Let um, God saying, let me show off. Let me demonstrate my glory through your life, through your giving and through your hospitality. All right. Number four. What are the rewards of giving lavishly and loving and being hospitable to people? I'm going to give you five real quick. Number one. The suffering of the saints will be relieved or at least diminished. The, the needs of the people of God will be relieved or, or diminished. We lift a burden. Uh, we relieve a stress. We give hope to people, to people. And that's, that's a reward when you know that God has used you. Number two, when we give uh, lavishly, when we uh, show true hospitality, the glory of God is displayed. Write this down, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and what? Give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Hmm. Lavish giving and open hospitality displays the glory and the goodness and the worth of God, not only in our life, but in those around us. See, the reason God gives us resources and money and homes is so that, that uh, by the way that we use them, people can see that these things are not our God. He is our God. They are not our idol. He is our God. He is our treasure by the way we use them. Number three, another reward. More thanks given to God unleashed. Second Corinthians 9, 12. The ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Acknowledgement of God, thanksgiving to God is unleashed. Uh, God has given us uh, uh, money and homes, not just so we can be thankful, but because of our generosity uh, and hospitality, that more people will be thankful to God. They will see God in us and through us in our stewardship of what he's given us. So God gets the glory. Number four. What's the reward? Our love of God, our love for God and his love for us is confirmed. That's what 1 John 3.17 says. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? In other words, when we give generously and we open our homes and we're hospitable, the love of God is confirmed in our lives. That means, okay, I've got the real deal. I'm not a phony. I'm not a cultural Christian. I'm not ride the, trying to ride the coattails of religion. No, I know the living Lord who provides every need that I have. Number five, we lay up treasure in heaven. 
when when we uh, the reward of lavish giving and being hospitable and opening our homes and our lives is we lay up treasures in heaven. Luke 12, 33 and 34. Sell your possessions and give them to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. For where your treasure is there, your heart shall be also. So here it is. Mm, being lavish givers and hospitable is absolutely central to our life in Christ. This is a demonstration that change is happening. We've been talking about what it takes to really change. We've been acknowledging that we desperately need change in our lives so there can be change in our communities, so there can be change in relationships, so that there can be change in the divisions in our country. But it starts with change in our life. And what Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 12, verse 13, is central to our life in Christ. Uh, and so often, you know, as we look at these particular passages, we begin to, it be, things begin to be exposed. Just like when we were sheltering in place and some of us kind of struggled a little bit, we're going, I had to live with ourselves and go, I don't like everything I see. Well, when we are confronted with passages like this, sometimes we say, man, my, my life, my lifestyle shows a lifestyle of fear. I've been living in fear or a lifestyle of greed. I, I, I've been hoarding it. The remedy, the remedy to all of this is the, the pleasure of Christ's presence in our life. The certainty of, of, of his promise to us. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Our reward is the display of God's glory, the good of others, the joy of treasuring Christ forever. So here, here's, here's what we're exhorting each other in today. Contribute to the needs of God's people. Pursue the practice of hospitality. Will you ask God how he wants to make that relevant in your life today? Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for your amazing love and your grace. Thank you on this day as we um, come before you, this Sabbath day. Lord, we ask that through the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to examine our hearts and that we would allow you to bring about through your <laughs> We can't change ourselves. You never said you, we could, but we can position ourselves. We can obey what you say. And through that, you change us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you do such a marvelous work in our lives today that the world would stand up and take notice of your great glory and their need for you. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.